This episode of the Incluvi Movie Podcast is brought to you by Wolf Greenfield. Welcome to the Incluvi Movie Podcast, where we talk about all things media and diversity. I'm Kathy Yi. And I'm Matthew Suso. For today's podcast, we're going to be diving into the music industry and examining how music videos push the boundaries with diversity and creativity. We will also be joined by our friend, musician Neely Brosh, who will share her experience in the industry. But before that, we're going to get into our pop culture moment and talk about what's new and trending in entertainment. We have been so excited about the Shang-Chi premiere ever since Marvel announced the project way back in 2018, and now it's finally here. The film features Marvel's first Asian lead, Simu Liu, as well as Marvel's first Asian director, Dustin Daniel Cretton, and a predominantly Asian cast, including Aquafina and Michelle Yeoh. The early reviews are in, and many critics are saying this may be one of Marvel's very best films. Yeah, I genuinely am very excited for the September 3rd premiere, and will hopefully be seeing it safely in theaters. I'm really happy to see Marvel's first Asian lead thriving critically, but let's also hope that audiences come out and support the film. Our next piece of pop culture news is a bit more bizarre. The immensely popular online video game Fortnite has announced that players will be able to attend a digital version of Martin Luther King Jr.'s famed speech at the Lincoln Memorial. I have to say, it's great that Fortnite is attempting to use their platform to teach children about civil rights history, but this is such a weird choice. I can't say I'm into Fortnite, but yeah, perhaps a game designed about a battle royale isn't the best platform to celebrate a nonviolent activist. It is important to find ways to engage and educate young people about our country's complicated history with protest and civil rights, but there are other ways, including what we try to do here at Incluvi. And with that being said, we will be stepping away from video games and looking at music videos and their importance in pop culture. Although music videos have been around since the 1920s, the music video as we know it today became a cultural phenomena during the rise of MTV in the 80s. Of course, many watch music videos just for fun, but they are also a staple of pop culture and in the U.S. have been monumental for advancing conversations about a variety of social issues and topics. And some videos even blur the line into full-length films. We thought it would be very fitting to speak about the way artists have created videos that are not only impactful for their creativity, but also their messaging. Many times it seems like the video is more important than the song itself. Artists have garnered literally billions of views on YouTube from fans internationally. And with that sphere of influence, the impact that one artist can have in a single video is pretty much limitless. I'm very excited to talk about this today because I love pop music and pop culture, and there are so many iconic music videos to be discussed. Yeah. And if we're starting out with pop culture icons, we should start with Beyonce. On top of being an amazing performer, Beyonce constantly pushes the envelope creatively with her videos. Her films and visual albums like Black is King and Lemonade were both unapologetic celebrations of blackness. Her performance of Formation at the Super Bowl was also a controversial and poignant commentary on police brutality. Childish Gambino's This is America video also stands out as a bold statement about how black men are treated in the U.S., 
The video contains some shocking gun violence, as well as some very ingenious, subtle references to the U.S.'s problematic history. Although graphic at times, the video is making a point about how guns are often more protected than American people, especially young black children. The song itself is a great song, but the video is really the main event, as many of the references are not in the lyrics, but exist only in the visuals. One consistently controversial theme that has been talked about this year is the celebration of sexuality and identity. Although women have long been sexualized and objectified in music videos, artists like Lizzo, Cardi B, and Megan Thee Stallion have created videos that promote sex positivity while decentering the element of the male gaze from their videos. Instead of being sexualized for the sake of men, these artists are empowering other women to feel comfortable and strong in their sexuality. Since the release of their video for WAP, Cardi B and Megan have been harshly criticized, specifically by conservative pundits like Candace Owens, for setting a bad example. But I have to disagree. I got to see firsthand the way that song and video made many of my friends feel extremely powerful. It's very similar to the way I felt seeing Lil Nas X celebrating queerness in his videos for Montero. To see a gay man, especially a gay black man, being openly sexual is such a rare sight. And honestly, the negative reaction to the video exposed a lot of homophobia still in our country. But videos with strong displays of sexuality have been censored and deemed controversial since Madonna in the 80s and 90s. Her videos for Justify My Love and Vogue featured queer artists and introduced many to the ballroom culture. Honestly, it seems like if you're not causing a stir with your video, you're not doing it right. But before we get into our interview with Neely Cathy, do you have any videos or personal favorite music videos you want to highlight? Yes. I mean, I personally love Shakira, Rihanna, Michelle Branch, and some K-pop, like Blackpink. And although their videos don't have a social message specifically, they all have some great collaboration with other diverse artists, making things very multicultural, like Michelle Branch and Santana, Blackpink and Cardi B. Shakira has some pretty inspiring stuff with her Olympic song from before too, Waka Waka, this time for Africa, and her charity, the Barefoot Foundation for Poor and Impoverished Children. And now, after a quick break from this episode's sponsor, we're bringing in guitarist Neely Brush. This episode is brought to you by Wolf Greenfield an inclusive intellectual property law firm based in Boston and New York, offering a full range of IP services, including patent prosecution and litigation, opinions and counseling, trademarks, licensing, diligence, and more. Diversity and inclusion are integral parts of Wolf Greenfield's culture and are critical components of the firm's goals of innovation and teamwork and providing clients with optimal service. They understand that they have a professional obligation to promote equal access to justice. And this obligation begins at Wolf Greenfield, where they promote a collegial and familial atmosphere, set diverse hiring and retention goals, and mentor new team members. Check out their diversity fellowship program, where IP Law Fellows are awarded up to $25,000. Neely Brash is a solo artist and guitarist for Danny Elfman, Cirque du Soleil, Deathlock, Tony McAlpine, and others. Neely has released three solo albums, as well as spent time performing her original music and giving guitar clinics. So yeah, thank you so much, Neely, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah. good to be here. 
Yay! <laughs> As some background, um, Neely and I have been friends for a long time since middle school, and we used to play basketball together way back when. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We definitely yeah, we were both through the basketball days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say neither of us were superstars, but um, it was fun, <laughs> and I'm glad we had each other. <laughs> I'm definitely really glad we had each other. I don't think that either of us really do we have any other friends on that team besides each other really i don't think so we were kind of like the odd ones out who were just like hey we're here we're just having fun yeah (laughs) fun but she also happens to be a famous female guitarist um (laughs) yeah do you want to share a quick quick blurb about you know your albums and Cirque du Soleil and everything I guess I've been a, quote, professional guitar player since Kathy and I have (laughs) known each other. No, um, kind of. I mean, not really. But no, um, I, you know, I went to I went to Berkeley College of Music to like learn to be a guitar player. Quote, unquote, I'm like using air quotes because like, you know, what is music school? But um, but after college, I, I started working and I started making albums and working with different people and stuff. And uh in the last few years, I've done some some cool things like a Cirque du Soleil show that broke my back. I mean, not literally, but kind of. Um, and uh, you were fantastic, though. And um, <laughs> so me and Thanks. you know our uh, friends saw her, saw Neely, and she had fireworks literally coming out of her guitar. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, I I'm not responsible for the fireworks i had to the just pyro but yeah no it was a 30 foot arc of fire it's pretty it was it's pretty insane but um yeah. but yeah so i've i've gotten to do some cool stuff and then i've been working with danny elfman the last well now it's been almost a couple of years seeing as we're we've been in covid for so long so uh time has just mm-hmm. marched on but yeah yeah neely's always been passionate about guitar like playing for hours when I know we would hang out as kids and I'm so happy to see it's, you know, uh, paid off and that, you know, you're successful and yeah, like doing well. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, I think any musician knows that it's a, you know, unstable feels like the wrong word because I think it has a connotation of like, you know, like that it's like a positive or negative, you know what I mean? When really it's just kind of like, you have to stay creative about what you're doing at different times. So maybe it doesn't all look the same at the same time, but you know, it doesn't mean that you're like completely lazy and bored the rest of the time. If, if, you know, if there's a month that you're like gigging less or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, I think people think of unstable as like, Oh, you probably, you know, make money one month and not the other month. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. I think it's just a matter of like, what you're doing when you know mm-hmm. and there's probably a certain amount of uh, luck to it too um like yeah, it's not like all the gigs are not completely in your control like you can do your best but it's still yeah it's, i mean it's definitely not obviously not your control but um yeah i mean i think if you're auditioning for something everybody that's auditioning for it is going to be able to do it you know what i mean otherwise why would you be considered you know so i think you already have the the chops and the abilities and whatever. And then beyond that, it's, 
you know, personality and other criteria and, and like who, maybe who, you know, or, I mean, it could be anything, you know, like everybody mm-hmm. has their own criteria when they hire you just like for any other job. So, you, and usually you don't know what it is, you know, unless, you know, you're hired and you ask them or something, but I think, you know, usually you don't, right. <laughs> but right, yeah, right. it's like your best foot forward is to just like be cool and try to be professional and stuff. Cause you, you can assume yeah. that everybody's going to be able to, to do the gig, you know, or they, you know, you can't just rely on that because that's only half the battle. Yeah. And I didn't mean to imply like <laughs> luck was a big thing um, earlier. It's just, it's one of the many factors. Oh, yeah. yeah skill, attitude, personality, all of that, yeah. like you said. So, yeah, that kind of bring me to what is it like being um, a quote unquote female guitarist in a very male dominated industry? Like when you audition, is it like you're competing against everyone, um, men and women, or are there certain gigs where they're like, we specifically need a female uh, role and then you have to specifically compete against other women. What is that like? Um, I mean, I don't know if compete is how I look at it, but I know what you mean. Like, I guess competing Mm -hmm. for a spot, but yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And it, it, I have seen both situations. Like most of the time it's just, we need a guitar player, you know, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it is, we'll need a female guitar player for sure. Like there's bands and, and acts that I've done that, you kind of have to be, and that's just what it is. But I think that's something that is really new just because to, to this generation, it's still somewhat novel to be a female guitar player. So I think there's acts that will want to like use that to, to create, you know, to bring attention or something like that, because some people still see it as like, oh my God, it's a girl. You know what I mean? So, so I think people try to capitalize on it now. And now it's like, everybody wants a female guitar player, but, but that wasn't always the case. You know what I mean? And I think most of the time, I I think most of the time it's not. And even if it's a priority or something like that, they're likely to audition everyone and, and then just like make their choice based on whatever criteria, like we said, you know, so Um, Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, you know, I know that the field is like male dominated or whatever, but I guess to me, it never, it never really struck me as anything weird because, you know, as you know, I grew up with brothers and like just being around guitar, the industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just never felt, felt weird to me. I mean, and it also, I was never like one of those girls that that was like, I'm a girl. So it's really cool that I play, you know, it's different because most girls don't play guitar. Like I never thought it was weird that I didn't have a female guitarist role model. Like to, I guess to a lot of girls, they felt like they lack that, but I don't know. I never like really thought it was weird because to me it was just like, and it's great. You get to be one now. Like even though you never missed it, it happens. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I didn't really think of gender anyway. So I was like, well, I just, I'm just me. And like, I happen to play guitar. And so, Oh, I guess most guitarists are men. Like I didn't even, you know, I didn't think about that. So I think mostly I I was treated as as such too, but I don't know if that's why I think it's just people are pretty cool generally, you know? And, and it's not the same. It's not to say that like there isn't sexism out there. Cause like, I definitely see it, you know, but, but it's rare that like someone, like no one's ever said to me, like you suck cause you're a girl or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I, that's never, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like that. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. 
no one ever <laughs> said to me I can't play that I can't play guitar because I'm a girl. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, that's really great that you know you just love the the instrument and you mm-hmm. went for it. I know you had a lot of um influence and and probably looked up to your brothers um, who played guitar and. Uh, yeah, I kind of went for that. Uh, your one brother played guitar. Um, mm-hmm. And what has it been like making music videos? Um, so, yeah, I watched one of your music videos and it had some great dancers who had diversity and then your <laughs> yourself, but also a female guitarist and, you know, yeah. you happen to turn out to be a role model for a lot of women and girls, I'm sure. Um, what is it like me- making music videos um, for your music? Um, well, I mean, I've only made two. So considering I've made more albums than that, it seems like I don't have that much experience with music videos, but the two that I've made, like I've really enjoyed. Um, so I got lucky because one of my castmates from Cirque du Soleil, uh, who's a great dancer is also a videographer director, I guess he does a lot of music videos. So we were lucky to like, you know, be able to work together and we already knew each other and we were used to working together and, and he was really good at coming up with, with concepts and stuff like that. Um, and the dancers in the video that you mentioned, which is, uh, on a song called primal feels. I mean, that was part of the reason, you know, is like, I thought it would be, you know, like it was my first music video and Kathy, you know this growing up with me, but it's just like, I kind of, you know, I grew up watching, I guess more before I moved to the States, but I watched a lot of MTV in Israel and mm-hmm. like, you know, pop videos when, when MTV like still had music. Right. And, stuff. and um, people still watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. So I, I always thought like, if I had an, an MTV music video, like what would it be like, you know? So like to me immediately, it was like, I have to have dancers. Like, you know, all the, all my pop heroes had dancers in their video and, and dancing and like formations and stuff, you know? So I was like, I have to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but you know, wouldn't it be funny if like, I'll just be the, the female guitar, guitar player with all yes, the dancers. I love that. You know? Instead of like, um, and like, you know, it's usually funny. it's vice versa. Well, right. And you know, it's funny because the the trolling that that video has gotten, I think, was really because my fan base is so male dominated. And like, I think they probably wouldn't have had an issue with it if it was female dancers. But I think they were just like, so like, not used to seeing that, that they were just like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, you know, but to me, that was kind of the point, you know, it was just like, I'm already different, you know, I'm already mm-hmm. diverse, I guess, but yeah. Know, and why not? Like, and, yeah. yeah. And every, everybody there Break is some conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, and it's, it's actually in this case, it's like a bigger story than just the song, but the album that the song is on is, is called spectrum. And it's like a literal spectrum of, of genres. So every song is kind of different but they blend from one to the, to the next. So like you start in one genre, that's kind of like Spanishy, And like, by the end of the record, you end up somewhere completely different in like the electronic realm almost and stuff. So to me, like the point of the album was kind of like to show that music is all the same because it always has something in common with another genre, even if you didn't think so. And that's the point of the album. So to me, it's like the same with the video, like, humans are all the same, you know? So like, I'd rather it be like 
everybody with their different influences in different parts of the world or whatever, like all being together and like, it doesn't matter if I'm Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, like, so it was kind of like a visual reflection of, of that whole thing. And, and I just thought like the song was like the, the poppy quote unquote song from that album. So I was like, that's the one that you get the, the MTV, the bizarre world MTV music video. (laughs) That's really awesome. I'm going to have to, to be honest, go back and listen to that album. Um, yeah, because I remember growing up, you had focused more on like metal specifically, um, but yeah, I, I did not actually know that fact about your album. So I'm excited to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, the kind of album to um, that's meant to, I mean, it's a concept album. So it's meant to be listened front to back. And like, I mean, you can, you can chop okay. up songs too, but like, that's the mm-hmm. whole point is like, if you listen to it from the beginning to the end, then you like really get. The it has a story kind of a narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nice. Yeah. Do you want to share with the audience any upcoming projects or like social media handles? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can find me at, I have my website, neilybrosh.com, which is N-I-L-I-B-R-O-S-H. And that's uh, my handle on Instagram. And then it's Neely Brosh Music on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Neely, for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. This episode of the Including Movie Podcast is hosted by Matthew Stiuso and me, Kathy Yee. I also serve as the show's executive producer. Our show is produced and edited by Hazel Boulevard. Special thanks to Neely Brosh for joining us this week. Our theme music is made by Waterboy. You can visit Includy.com to see the Includy score for a movie and read reviews focused on diversity and identity in media. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram or support us on Patreon at Includy. That's I-N-C-L-U-V-I-E. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to join us in two weeks when we're joined by Cast of Color to talk about Marvel and Shang-Chi. We'll see you all then.